Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. This is me, Jared, bringing us in again to episode 140-something, either 48 or 49, depending on when this goes out. I am here again another week with my husband, Corey Mueller. (laughs) Every week we get together and we talk about whatever we want. (laughs) I, I just... That was perfect because that's how Connor always introduced me. Do, introduces me, my husband Corey. <laughs> yeah, and my wife Connor. That's great. Yeah. Hey, husband got, Bones. We got married at the lake a year ago. We did. Yeah, we so, took a boat ride. We did. I always thought it was weird because we never really dated, and I'm not. I was never into like the th- the three person relationship thing until marriage day and i was like yeah we we kind of dated though i mean like we met each other playing rugby that's like grabbing nuts and stuff yeah 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 there's pictures of you passing me the ball and stuff yeah (laughs) yep well that went better than expected very good (laughs) so what's new in Corey's life well let me tell you and uh just got back from a big motorcycle trip and also probably the more important thing was mine and Connor's anniversary. It was our first wedding anniversary. And we celebrated up in Northport, Michigan at Leelanau State Park. That's where we were married in Northport, Michigan. And we camped at Leelanau for two nights. And that was really wonderful. But she was nice enough to, well, I shouldn't say this. This makes her sound bad. But I, I got to go on a long motorcycle trip beforehand, which for the, you know, for the last like, Four years prior to when we got married, I went on a big trip at least once a year with my dad and typically my brother as well. Last year, I didn't get to go because I had to get married or something. You know what I'm saying? Had to get married. (laughs) But um, she put a ring on it. She yeah, yep. So didn't get to go last year, but our wedding was. I mean, that was as much as as great as it could have been, really and truly. Um, but hey, that was a trip a in trip. itself, you know. That was that was, that was a trip. <laughs> Didn't itself. cover miles, but man, covered made memories. Tell you what, miles in your heart. Yeah, man. That was I. We we were sitting up there, and we were sort of like we were at the pavilion where we got where the reception was, which you probably remember. And just like all of that was good memories. Like that's such a happy spot for us, and uh, mm-hmm. getting to sort of just be there and reminisce a little bit. And the weather was good again. Um, the only thing I was like sitting there, I was like, man, what I'd give to have all our friends and family here again. Cause we had a small yeah. wedding. It would have been cool to have more people, but like it, it worked out fine anyway. And to have so many close friends and family there was, man, just thinking about it, like thinking back on it now was just, I mean, it's just wonderful. And to reminisce about it and yeah. eat at some of the same places and go to some of the places we bar crawled to and just spend time. It was just good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. Good vibes all around. I love, I loved that day. It was a great day, the best day. And I, I, I think that 
that it's important to go back there maybe i don't know every year i don't know if you're in the area why not go back every year and enjoy at least a day so like it's so important to go back and remind yourself and right now where we live it's not that far away it's an hour and a half to get up there and that's kind of our plan is to to try to get up to northport even if it's not on the same day cuz eventually our anniversary is going to be on monday next year and that kind of is uh, yeah. just not great for anybody. So as long as we get up there that time of year and get to enjoy some time there, we didn't stay at the Sunrise Landing, which was so we all stayed at this motel called the Sunrise Landing in Northport, Michigan, right on Grand Traverse Bay. Beautiful, sandy beach, nice water. It was really beautiful. But we didn't stay there because they required a three night minimum. And we were only going to be up for two days. So two nights. And so we stayed at Leelanau State Park, which was nice, but we wanted to stay at the Sunrise Landing again just to like complete that that good vibes. Um, but yeah, that's kind of our plan. Every year we're going to go up and um, just spend time and be there. Um, and dude, that whole week, remember when we went and played paintball and I got shot in the head and in all my wedding pictures, I have Hell a well yeah. on my forehead. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. There's always something goes on, you know, yeah. for you, it was a welt in the head. Yeah. You and know? what's funny is it's not super noticeable, but it got way worse the following days, like scabbed over real bad. Yeah. And it was really funny. And she always gives yeah. me crap about it because like that's classic, you know, boys day out. You know what I'm saying? Like things happen. Yeah. <laughs> Guy stuff. Man stuff. Dan had it worse, though. He oh had so God. many bruises. Yeah. Like, immediately, he got yeah. bruises. He just got pelted. I was lucky enough not to get too many, but it was great. I mean, great he took day. his that shirt off when we were at the it. beach, and it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, dude. I'm really sorry, actually. I really like that we did that. Instead of just, like, going out and, and drinking, we drank and played paintball, which was fun. But... It was just, I don't know, it was a blast getting out there and shooting each other. <laughs> Dude, it's playtime. Playtime is so important. Yeah. As an adult, it's just like anything else. Like as a kid, you just play and you lose yourself and you have fun and you get lost in the moment and you get in that flow state. And as adults, we don't do that enough. So if it's paintball yeah, or man. Legos or, or playing rugby or something, it's so important. Yeah. It's so fun. Totally agree. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's probably why it was so much fun. It was just like playtime with your with your little friends down the street yeah, playing war zone <laughs> except we're all spread across the country yeah well it was kind of fun to come together for at least one day yeah it uh, was. or a couple of days i was um i think my favorite part of the wedding besides actually the 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 actual marriage was at the end of the night we had a campfire by the beach which mm. was phenomenal and i was like damn dude i miss i miss michigan because we're living in california and then also coming up from the beach at the end of the night where we're all done <laughs> well, i'm sorry what was your grandpa's name again grandpa bob. i can't get the story wrong grandpa bob <laughs> Corey had some uh, uh beverages of course every like every good bachelor or bachelorette you have some beverages enjoy yourself and it's the end of the night so you have a couple more and a couple more and you have a cigar <laughs> wedding night you have a couple cigars you know connor went to bed this was like this is after after party like yeah Corey's walking up the steps. I don't. I forget who was helping you, but I was right behind you. You were. Maybe it was. You Connor, were helping me, and you're walking. Oh, okay. I was helping you. Yeah. And you're like trying to walk up the steps, and it's just inebriation at its finest. And you're like, <laughs> I'm walking like Grandpa Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you're like I, all well, wobbly, 
all over the place, taking one step forward and one step back. Yeah. God rest his soul. He passed away, not in January, Yeah, but uh, he made it to the wedding. He had a hard time getting up the rock the steps and and then i remember when yeah. i was walking trying to walk up the steps but i couldn't because i was inebriated and i had help and i said well i guess i am my grandpa bob <laughs> that's a good yeah, memory that yeah a, that's a good memory yeah, and that was on my was actual fun. wedding night <laughs> yeah that was, yeah, it was way later was bones got right. me probably the last the, thing we did the best best man gift one could get and uh if anyone's seen lord of the rings if you haven't seen lord of the rings what are you doing? Go and do that. Um, but the sword, the reforged uh, Andrew, the light of the West, um, he gave that to me the night before our wedding, and it's a full-size replica of the sword from the movie. And this thing's like four and a half feet long. And I just remember... Dude, you remember you got in the car when we picked you up at your little Airbnb or whatever, and you're like, yeah, they're like uh, ski poles or something. And I totally, I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, yeah, all right, cool. Like, whatever. They're and hiking had, poles. I was like, yeah, dude, I got yeah, hiking poles. I got to take right. these hiking poles with me in your little Mustang coupe. Yeah. Hope you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you going hiking bones? I don't know. Stop asking questions. Get yeah, off my back about it. I think you said it. That's yeah, like for Jess or something. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Oh, because it was her. It was her. It was it was Jess's birthday. Yeah, it was I like it was just her with. birthday. Yeah, and I want you call me to your room and like you pull the sword out of this box and like. Oh no 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 no! There's there's more to it. No, I didn't pull it out of a box. Come on, you remember how I gave it? Was to it? You? Oh, it was like it was, Elrond. It was you had the, it under it a was the night before the wedding. Yes. I had it under a blanket. I called you in the room alone and recreated that whole scene. And I yeah. was like, I forget what the whole dialogue was, but I was like, they will answer. Oh, I was king like, of Gondor. <laughs> the, 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 the line was, it was uh, put down the ranger and become the king you were meant to be or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Now you're, you like, it took you a few seconds and you're like, yeah and you said the next line and i was like they will listen to the king of gondor and they answer to no one got boners <laughs> yeah and then i went out into the yard and played aragorn for the next like Swore five minutes sword. yeah yeah dude yeah, that thing like, wow this is the coolest thing dad dad yeah like everybody <laughs> everybody that walked by like your aunt who has never seen a fucking lord look of the rings film never heard of it like, look at this sword look at the size of it look at the size of that lamppost oh that's that's great Corey. it's yeah. really great and connor it was funny because yeah, i'd always yeah. joked about getting a sword and like hanging it up on the wall and and whatever and she was always like yeah yeah, pat me on the head, like send me away with some ice cream or whatever. Like, no. And then, and then she sees, she's like, great. Thanks, Bones. Yeah. 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 That'll fit right in with our decor. Yeah. With the whole style we have in the house. Uh, Connor always says, you know, I let Corey do what he wants to do just in the garage. He, the garage <laughs> is where you can put up your posters yeah. and your jerseys. And I have. I've covered all the damn walls and my posters out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ain't no wall. No walls no more. Ain't no walls left. Only. It's just posters. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the sword now sits in. It's mounted. It has a beautiful wood plaque and it's mounted on the guest, in the guest bedroom slash office and in a position of honor where everyone can see it. And uh, man, yeah. one day I'm gonna I'm gonna add a second sword to balance because you gotta have you know you gotta have balance right. 
So I don't know which one it's going to be, but either either Gimli's axe or some sort of another one of the swords. Um, but yeah, that's the coolest gift. Yeah, I well, I was happy to give it to you. And I think my second favorite sword, not that we're going to have a discussion about swords, is probably Gandalf's sword. Mm, Glamdring. Love Gandalf. And he's, he said a lot of cool things. The um, foe hammer. The sword. And then... And a sting is cool too, though, like a little yeah. hobbit yep. sword, which so yeah. Well, you know, you're getting married at some point, I'm sure, and there might be a sword in your future. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be special. Yeah, yeah. But well, now you know which one. What, what kind of better gift so, is there? No, you told me. You actually told me. Uh, I remember this. I'm not going to remind you because you've uh, clearly forgotten. But what sword that if you were to get one, what one you would get, and it wasn't either one of those. Oh, I'm shit. not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so was it, was it from Lord of the Rings though? Yeah. Oh yeah. It was from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh shit. I don't know which other one I would get. Well, maybe Legolas you'll just have to wait blades? and find out. Well, now you actually I'm pretty upset. I see you gargling something there. You you putting down something down your gullet. What you got I there? Am. I got so this is San Pellegrino. We got a whole bunch of bottles of that from. So there's this local place called the Cadillac Marketplace, and it's like a they sell pallet items. They get like returned stuff, and you can buy. So we get this like big bottles of San Pellegrino mineral water for like ten cents a piece. It's a beautiful deal. And in so in that, I've got San Pellegrino, and then the Earth Fed Muscle Elixir, which is like uh, some Himalayan sea salt, a little bit of natural flavoring. This is citrus, I believe. Um, the salt provides the electrolytes, and there's a couple other minerals in there. But yeah, I've been there in little convenient packets, and you just pop the packet open, dump it in. Make sure, pro tip, put, dump it into a closed container because if you don't, it will foam all over the place, and you'll be very sad because you'll basically be drinking straight salt. <laughs> so salty foam. We all know we don't want to drink salty foam. I think we've all been there before. Yeah, so. we've, we've all been there. But yeah, so uh, the Elixir, I use it all the time at work now that we got it. It's actually become one of my favorite earth-fed muscle products. Um, daily multivitamin, the Elixir, like at least one a day in my water jug, uh, especially at work. And then uh, 40 Winks, sleepy time, mm-hmm. good stuff. It's, it's all uh, ethically sourced vitamins and supplements the protein powder is from grass-fed cows and like you said they have farmers on staff right yeah dude grass-fed american cows that's right farmers farmers. on staff to uh ensure the quality yeah they're great i haven't tried their elixirs yet but they're they're next you'll tell me what though what it's like got a just enough flavor like i've had some i've had some of this like electrolyte mix it's just nasty like it's like salt water and this is you, there's definitely you can taste some salt in there for sure because it's obviously it's in there, but it's just flavored enough where it's citrusy and it's refreshing, especially nice. when it's cold. Man, good stuff. That sounds good. It's 500 milligrams of sodium, which is a little bit less than some other competitors that we won't mention. But those other people, that does taste pretty salty, and you have to dilute it like get a 32 yeah. ounces at least. But if you want yeah. like a water bottle, this is more better. For the what's like a throw the dosage is for 16 like ounces 16 ounces a shaker yeah. yep 16 yeah okay great yeah we'll have to try that out and you can try it out too you can use code warrior 10 
at checkout on earthfedmuscle.com. Pretty sure it's Warrior 10. It's been a while since we've done that one. It's Warrior, Warrior 10. 10. Yep. Absolutely. Good. Thanks for that. I got you. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, uh, this is good. You got a good, you had a good uh, uh, weekend celebrating first wedding anniversary. I moved into yeah. some new digs over the week. Yeah, week yeah. Too, so things are kind of moving for both of our lives. And, yeah. Um, yeah, we don't have to go into that too much. It's a new house. Well, it's cool. Moving moving's a lot of work, but I think that over the last let's we've been doing the podcast now for three years, two and a half years. It's interesting to see the phases of our lives and the there's always it seems like, especially since we started this and we've gotten down this path of good things, things are happening and you guys get to be an audience to that. Like, you know, we're here, we're living life just like you, and we're moving and we're make it we're getting married and you know maybe at some point we're gonna have kids and this and that like so things are happening for us and you guys get a front row seat to that and that's that's what this podcast is all about it's for the everyday the everyday person striving to be the best and for you to look at us live our life that's right real good like a fishbowl. I'm a, I'm in an, I'm a fishy yeah and we've talked about a lot of different things over the years you know we've talked about burnout we've talked about uh, building habits and history and, you know, progress hunting, and yeah. your dad's story and hunting and, and American made products recently. And so it's been a cool, yeah. cool experience. And there's a, a quick follow up on that. Um, I wanted to just quick plug this episode 12. I interviewed my dad about the Blue Swallow Motel and their journey to the Blue Swallow Motel. If you guys don't know this, so that episode may have been one of our most influential. It led to the sale of their business and allowed them to retire. Um, they Somebody listened to that podcast episode and that interview, and it inspired them to actually buy the Blue Swallow Motel because um, they, they were ready for a life change. And that's huge. Like That's crazy influence and lifestyle change. And like that's what we're all about. So if you haven't listened to episode 12, it's still one of our best episodes for sure. It's a great story, and it's one that I will definitely cherish and a memory that I'm glad lives in the interwebs that I can always access. Um, yeah. But yeah, episode 12, it, it led to really good things, and the people who bought it have been really successful since doing, uh, oh, since buying it, and things are going really well. So just a little nice. bit of follow-up from that. I'm glad. I haven't heard anything about them, so it's really good to hear that they're doing good. And that yeah. was when we when we put that out, and I remember listening to it. I remember where I was. I was on break from team rehab as a physical <laughs> therapy tech working yeah. in Royal Oak, Michigan, and I was listening to it. I listened to your dad's story, and it was, it was so cool. Just the way, I don't know, it was just a great, great episode to hear his yeah. story. So yeah, episode 12, go check it out. Um, speaking of your dad, let's get into the meat. You mm. went on a motorcycle trip with old Paul, old Kev. That's right. Um, recently. And it was all over Michigan, and you guys tried to do this, like you say, once a year. And this year, it was just you and Paul. Yep. How was that? It was great. Um, like I said, we didn't get to go last year. And the year before that, in 2020, was an interesting trip that we took. Um, we tried to do sort of a Lake Michigan, Lake Superior, Lake Huron tour. The weather was horrible. Like, it was so bad. Pretty much every day, for the first, like, three days, and we were gone for five days. It rained like nonstop for the first three days and we're camping and we're riding motorcycles. If any of you know, it's not super fun doing that. So like it wasn't a bad trip. I remember that trip was sandwiched between I had just gotten an offer to be a ranger. So that was cool. 
And then at the end of the trip, I proposed to Connor at Tawas Point State Park. Mm, And so like that trip in itself has some really good memories. um, But it wasn't probably the most fun trip that we've ever had. So this one that we planned this year was sort of, um, I don't want to like retribution, sort of, so to speak. And we were going to do it right this time. So we left on Monday, uh, September 12th. And we went from Cadillac, Michigan to Port Huron. Um, so that's about 240-ish miles. And we stayed at Lakeport State Park, which is just north of Port Huron. On, it's on Lake Huron. Um, and I think people don't really understand how big these lakes are. And I, I, I want to emphasize this because... I even said this, I found myself saying this a lot on our trip is like, man, I miss the mountains in Colorado because when you're riding out there, there's a big sense of adventure. And when you listen to, so episode 22 was the art of the American road trip. And that was a big point for me in my life because that was the last big motorcycle trip I did in Colorado before I moved back to Michigan. And that was full of adventure and uh, some, some tough times that we had to overcome. And uh, but overall, I mean, that's how those Colorado rides were. They were always extremely fun, riding mountain passes, um, adventure around every corner. But what you don't get anywhere else really in the entire world is these lakes, the Great Lakes, where they're like oceans and people don't understand. They're like, oh, yeah, a lake. Like you can see the other side of it and like it's not that deep and whatever. But these lakes are hundreds of miles across and deep blue and cold and they function more like oceans with the tides and the and currents and all that um and and people just don't get that so i want to preface that that these lakes are like nothing else in the entire world um i think it's said that if every person in the united states drank half a gallon of water from the great lakes it would take like some ridiculous amount millions of years for all of it to all of the water to be consumed it's a it's a a pretty insane amount of water so anyway started in uh port huron camp north uh port huron at lakeport state park was great there was a little barrier between our site and the lake but we could see the lake uh had a beautiful it was like i call it moonrise but the moon came up and it was like a yellow almost like a harvest moon bright yellow moon and it was super beautiful over the lake um and then from there we swam we tried to swim every day from there we went and through the thumb of michigan so if any of you are familiar michigan's shaped like a hand a mitten and so we traveled through the thumb and the thumb is really interesting there's a lot of and we talked about the great fire of michigan there's a lot of history that we talked about the thumb on that because the fire swept through the thumb and you there that's it has left really lasting impact on that region and i got to see a lot of that described through historic sites so it was interesting because you had told me the story about the great fire and then seeing yeah. some of the consequence or not maybe consequence but like this town existed Aftermath, maybe and then it didn't <laughs> like um yeah and like, wiped out or there was a fire in that one. It was like, what was it, 1881 or something? And then there was another fire in 1891. And then the, the t- they rebuilt the town in between, and then it was destroyed again. 
um, or like logging happened in this area. And then there was no logging ever again because the fire and people just said, screw it. So, um, wrote up the thumb, big farming. It's a crazy ride. So you're riding along the lakeshore and then you move in where inlands a little bit and you're like in the middle of farm country and you realize how like vast and beautiful farm country really is. Um, when you're the rolling hills and different types of crops and whatever. And it's crazy just how much food that is produced in this country. Um, it was pretty, it was really mm-hmm. wild. Um, second night we stayed at Port Crescent State Park, which is right at the tip of the thumb. We we're on a secret site. I'm not going to tell you the name of it unless you message us Good. at the Weekly Warrior Podcast on our Instagram. Um, it was, You'll tell me later. Yeah, it was literally right on Lake here. Like our site was on the beach, like beachfront property. It was amazing. In the um, sand. Yeah. And we were literally, yeah, we had a little concrete pad. The fire pit was on the concrete, but then it was beach. I mean, we had a view of the water. Uh, this one was cool because you could see the sunset and the sunrise because you're right on the tip of the mitt or on the thumb of the mitten. So stunningly was it beautiful. a ride up and claim your spot? We didn't make any reservations anywhere. Um, and that was done sort of on purpose because we wanted to have flexibility and we wanted to be able to like, yeah. oh, we're going to explore more today. We, we had the ultimate end goal was meeting Connor in Northport on Saturday. So until then, we had as much flexibility as we wanted, basically, because we didn't make reservations anywhere. Yeah. Um, so we stayed at Port Crescent on the beach. A lot of history there, too. Port Austin, which is a state harbor. Um, all of these areas were huge in like shipping back in the day and the Great Lakes shipping. And they still are in a lot of in a lot of places. We went to there was a lighthouse uh, point. It's like this is how it sounds, but it's French. It's point R barks. But it like pont au ball. <laughs> that's probably pont how it is. Bois. Yeah, that's probably how it is in yeah. French. But um, I mean, the whole Michigan territory was like French settled. So Detroit was like Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Back in the yeah. day, right? Yeah, it was all very French. Yep. But this lighthouse was at a crucial point in the shipping lanes where they had, so they had a big lighthouse and then they had a life-saving station that consisted of 15 different buildings and a life-saving crew, basically what it was, they had a large lifeboat, but large enough that they could go out in rough seas. And the life-saving service had a saying that said, you have to go out, you don't have to come back. And on many occasions, these guys would go out to save shipwrecked sailors that were in the Great Lakes, and like two would survive, or one would survive, um, but the mission would be completed type thing. And so that ultimately, that ended up forming the Coast Guard. So the life-saving service became the Coast Guard. That and like the revenue service or something became the Coast Guard. And so... These, some of these buildings are still intact at this lighthouse site. And it's so crazy because now, I mean, the freighters on the Great Lakes move up and down the lakes and they ship iron ore and they ship all sorts of stuff. There's less of those incidents. And now we have helicopters and stuff like that. But back in the 1800s, these guys were rowing boats out in the middle of these in stormy waters. And there was a storm. Man, I wish I could remember the date of the storm, but it was like the worst storm ever recorded on Lake Huron. It was in the uh, 1800s, and like 20 
ships were sunk. Hundreds of sailors lost their lives in wow. one night. Um, and maybe we'll do a podcast episode about that because it was wild. I mean, hurricane force winds, like the ships are, at this point, they're wooden steaming ships. And so hundreds of lives lost at sea, dozens of shipwrecks, um, ships that were not repairable, all this type of stuff. And so that was one of the cooler stops we made on that trip was this lighthouse. And Michigan is dotted with lighthouses because there's so much shipping that happens um, and -hmm. commerce that happens. So we tried to stop in any lighthouse that we could because Michigan has the greatest number of inland lighthouses of any other state on the Great Lakes. Um, And so they're all over the place. But so, yeah, we went from Port Crescent and went up to PJ or PH Heft State Park, which is just north of Rogers City, which is a tiny little town um, south of Sheboygan, which is, all, which is just outside of Mackinac City. And so we're, you're basically at the top of the lower peninsula, for those who aren't familiar with Michigan. Um, and that was also beautiful right on Lake Huron again. And uh, again, tons of history. All these little towns that some of them are like, dying a little bit they're they've been bypassed by major highways and whatever and so commerce is slow and and yeah yeah 75 and um even us 23 which is rerouted away from Mm -hmm. these towns has left lasting impacts on like businesses have left there's towns without gas stations anymore um and it's interesting to to have seen some of that in person it's just like cars route 66 gets bypassed by the highway and the town dies it's crazy because it doesn't happen right away but you can see the deterioration like you know uh over years you can see like things start going away yep um man oh man i i will say going back to what you said the upper part of the lower peninsula yeah it's crazy because i'm in california and i always not always but i frequently talk to people about i'm from michigan and blah 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 i'm like oh my god where are you from michigan that's far away (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, I've lived in Detroit, near Detroit. I would say near Detroit. Yeah. I've lived, you know, in the middle of the state. I've lived in the Upper Peninsula. And they're like, Upper Peninsula? What is yeah. that? What is I've that? Like the UP. And they're like, I, what, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. have you never heard of the Mackinac Bridge? And they're like, no, what's the Mackinac Bridge? Like, I would say at least rough, stupid estimate, like 80, 90% of people out here have no idea what the Mackinac Bridge is and don't know that there's an Upper Peninsula. And I have one friend, Sam, who's like, obsessed with the upper peninsula and he's like i want to go to the upper minutes i want to go there on spring break to like marquette and stuff i'm like dude it's not that kind of place like it's very like woodsy like you gotta like being quiet and like just being alone and stuff and uh but most people in california at least from what i've like don't know about the upper peninsula which is like uh an untouched a whole different country it doesn't feel like michigan man it feels so cool that's there so a lot of northern michigan actually feels like that and we experienced a lot of this I'm not going to say untouched, but sort of forgotten parts of Michigan that are so rural and were crucial parts of Michigan's past, but maybe aren't as crucial anymore. And so experiencing some of that, it's so refreshing to get up and out. And even where we live now is, I would say, a, a small city, Cadillac is, um, but getting up into the the northern parts of the lower peninsula you start not seeing as many people because there isn't as many people around and it's it is cool it's it's refreshing it's relaxing it's a different lifestyle that i really 
the older I get, the more I aspire to have someday. Not because I don't like people, but like to have my own tract of land and to be able to ex- escape into some wilderness and and all that. And I really envy some of those people in a lot of ways. And that you get to do what you want without too much relative interference. Yes. Not that people are doing anything stupid, illegal, but like if you want to go build a fucking shack on your property, you can can put up a shack on your property. And if you want to like put up, put up a tree blind, you can go put up a tree blind, you know? Right. Awesome Um, deer. And it's relatively like free. I mean, we all relative, but it's it's a bit more freeing, and I love yep. what you said. Like the air just feels more crisp and refreshing mm-hmm. in the morning, and I think you know you're getting into one of those cities when it's only the only big store, or maybe they don't even have this store, is a Dollar General. Absolutely, that's how you know you're getting or like the local general no Walmart, store, the CVS, yeah. the local general store. Dollar General is moving into like some of these little spots though, and that's like in Jess's parents have a cabin in. Frank, oh God, what's in between just, Grayling and Gaylord? Grayling and Gaylord, what's that small ass city? I can't remember the name. I don't even know, but it's in between Grayling and Gaylord. <laughs> and they didn't have anything. They had like a two bars, a restaurant, yeah. and a gas station, and that was it. And now a Dollar General has moved in, and everyone's like, "Hot damn, we're a Dollar General!" <laughs> and uh, it's like it's a franchise moving in, and like some people don't like it. But it's providing a jobs and stuff for the people. But that's how yeah. you know you're kind of getting into a small when you don't have any of any like we're not talking like oh they don't have a yeah a Walmart like they don't have any like you have to go to another city to do these yep. things if you want to. It's a day so, trip. So wilderness, we're gonna get to some good wilderness talks here in a second. But real real quick, I forgot to mention when we so Port Crescent tip of the thumb to PH Heft, which is just southeast of Sheboygan. We stopped in Bay City. We crossed a bridge in Bay City, which is on the Saginaw Bay, which is part of Lake Huron. And we passed over this bridge and we looked to our right. And there's an old, what looked like a World War II destroyer. So it's like a 500 foot, you know, warship with guns and whatever. And it was like, man, that's cool. And when I looked at him and I was like, you want to go? And he's like, yeah. So we go to this battleship which was the USS Edson, and we find out that it was actually not World War II. It was built in 1954, and there was an old Vietnam vet there, and he served on a ship just like it during the Vietnam War, and he was a radar operator, and he gave us like a two-and-a-half-hour-long tour of this warship, this destroyer, and like so thorough, so much history. He took us into like areas that people aren't allowed to go, and because we were the only ones there, it was the middle of the week. It was the morning. And so he was like, yeah, I'm screw it. I'll take you down there if you want to go. So we're down like in the hull, deep hull of this ship. We're up in the captain's quarters. I mean, we went from top to bottom, basically, hmm. of the entire ship and got to wow. blow the ship's horn. And Whoa. like we were down in the engine room and it was claustrophobic and hot. And you can it was just uh, it was incredible because I can't even imagine what those dudes who were serving on that ship had to go through on a day-to-day basis and Hmm. just seeing i mean walking from one end to the next being on the deck all this stuff it was super cool super cool experience and um more of you if you get the opportunity to do tours like that with people like that those people are disappearing like and they're they're not going to be around forever and he shared a lot of his stories 
from his own experiences. And that was just, it was just awesome. And it's something I'll remember forever history and connecting yeah. to a different time and, and whatever. But so that was super cool. But back to wilderness, we're going to get into the wilderness. So we stayed at PHF State Park, uh, camp, and we camped every night. So we camped every night that we could. The only night we didn't was where I'm getting to next. So we went from Hef State Park to Sheboygan, which is about 40 miles. We had a ferry over to, they, it's spelled B-O-I-S-B-L-A-N-C Island, Bois Blanc, but locals call it Boblo Island. So we took a ferry at 9 a.m. Uh, over to Boblo Island, which basically takes you across Lake Huron. It's a small, it, it was about 40 minutes to get to the other side of the, or to the island. And this island, to, to summarize its history, it was a supplier of lumber for Mackinac Island, which everybody knows. Mackinac Island has the Grand Hotel. It's a big tourist attraction. You can't drive cars over there. This island, Boblo Island, was the main producer of lumber and building materials for Mackinac Island. And it was also hmm. a strategic point during Revolutionary War, War of 1812, so on and so forth. Navies would shelter there um, in you know, preparation for attacks and, and all that type of stuff. But anyway, there's roughly about 75 permanent residents on Boblo Island, and we stayed with one of them. He has a bed and breakfast, and we stayed there. And this island is straight up like from a different time. And there's a one-room schoolhouse still, and they have anywhere from one to ten students a year, and sometimes more, sometimes wow. less. Um, you have to take a ferry to get across, and when the ferry stops running in December, it's tr- plane travel only. Or you come across, like when the ice freezes mm-hmm. over, uh, when the water freezes over, you can come across on a snowmobile. Um, Fucking and- land bridge in it. Yeah, seriously, it was wild, man. And we wow. rode around. It's all dirt roads, 25 miles an hour. Um, we traveled down. We didn't really know what we were getting into. And so we just went down this road. There was a lake there called Lake Mary, and we wanted to go check it out. So we did. And we continued down this road. And it was like slowly but surely was turning into a two track that you really don't want to go down unless you have like a dirt bike or a four-wheeler or a truck with four-wheel drive and we're on my dad's got a gold wing honda gold wing and i'm on my uh it's a cruiser honda shadow and we're on these roads that have potholes and mud puddles and all this crazy stuff it's like a probably a six mile stretch of road and we're just going down it on these bikes i would i would wager a guess that no one else has ever gone down those roads on bikes like ours (laughs) And at yeah. one point there was like a yeah. 40 foot long mud puddle that we were like tossing rocks into it, see how deep it is. And finally, I just said, screw mm-hmm. it. I was like, all right, I'm going to go through it. If I don't get through it, then you can help me get my motorcycle out. I guess we'll figure it out. So I, <laughs> I just I drove through it and made it. It was pretty deep. And then my dad and he's like, well, I guess I have to because there wasn't really any turning around at this point. We had to just forge on. That was, we kept saying like for John, you know, like weekly warrior podcast shirt yeah. for John. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he comes across on his gold wing. It was just wild, man. Like super crazy. We're down like in the middle of the Island and most of the Island is uh, state property. So there's no development around the perimeter of the Island. There's cabins and houses and whatever, 
but otherwise there's no infrastructure. And so it was truly like Michigan wilderness without human touches for the most part. And in that Highlands history with humans, it's been logged three times. So three times throughout its major history, it's been timbered and the timbers have mostly been sent to Mackinac Island. It's due to be timbered again in like 15 years. Um, but like 200 foot tall white pine trees, massive wow. maple trees. I mean, hardwoods, pine. I mean, just it was just wild. It was crazy. Super cool. Um, beautiful setting. You could see Mackinac Island from Boblo Island, but you're separated from all the crazy tourist stuff and it's quiet and you can swim on the beaches and um, just it was just beautiful. So we stayed in a bed and breakfast there. And then the next morning we took the ferry back, went across, uh, went across to Sheboygan and then to Mackinac City from there. So Boblo Island, I don't want to share, you know, I don't want to spread the word too much because it's sort of a, it's an undiscovered gem. And those who know, know. And uh, if, you've, if you ever want to experience what living in Alaska would be like without having to go to Alaska, I would check that out because it was super cool. Was it like an island that you could take over and like go on a hike? Could you go on yes. hikes there, overnight backpack? Or oh, yeah. It, what else do you do there besides kind of ride through? They have, uh, they have some rustic campgrounds, um, on the, like, especially on the tip of the island. There's a lighthouse. You can hike to that or drive. Uh, again, it's like serious off-roading vehicles. You can get there that way. But it's, there's not like campsites per se. Like I said, there's not really any mm-hmm. infrastructure, but it's a campground that yeah. you can go and set up a tent and do your thing. Flat piece of land and, and fire pretty pit. much. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you can go and hike, fish. I mean, again, it's a make your own adventure kind of thing. And there's not, I mean, obviously there's laws, but when you break a law or break a rule out there, there's called natural consequences. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's how it, that's how it is. And so that's what our host told us. He said, you know, we have a, we have one sheriff's deputy station on the Island. He lives out here and um, that's about it. And they get maybe some uh dnr there during like the beginning of deer season because it's a pretty popular deer hunting spot um but otherwise it's kind of it's just wild country and people just respect the laws of nature and they respect each other and they help each other out there um which is super cool yeah i mean that's like the small community feel yeah i think any any neighborhood any community can benefit from is like relying on each other being more neighborly and stuff and they're they're forced to really you know if someone gets hurt, someone has to know how to take care of them. Yep. There's no full-time medical staff on the island. So again, yeah, they have to kind of take care of each other. And if things get serious, they get helicoptered out or um, taken off, mm-hmm. taken over on the ferry. The ferry during like busy times, it pretty much runs like March until December. Um, and it goes across three or four times a day. So um, the dude okay. who captains that ferry was a bot. I mean, he could spin that shit around and back it up like no big deal because he's been doing it his whole life. Really? It was it was amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. He's just whipping it, just whipping it. So, yeah, Boblo Island, super cool. Would highly recommend if you're interested in that type of experience. Um, from there, there's not to, not to go off track from you too much to talk about other islands though. If we're there's uh, tons of them. interesting. There's a lot of really cool. That one is a little bit less known. I discovered this one island when I went to school in the UP. I drove past it and I can't remember the name. It was like right out, right outside of Marquette. And I'm trying to find it. 
not Manitou Island or Boy Blanc. Um, Talking about it, Isle it Royal? Like, not Isle Royal either. Isle Royal was, yeah, that's like very, that's the really popular one. People, people come from around the world yeah. and go to that one. Um, damn, I can't remember that. Uh, well, if you think about it, we can come back really to cool, it. it's a really cool like, h- hiking island. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of those. Uh, there's ferries all around the state that will take you to these very, uh, some of them have zero infrastructure on them, uh, some of these islands, and, but there's hiking and uh, you can camp and stuff like that. And there's a lot of that around the state of Michigan. Um, and again, that's not something you get elsewhere. It's called Grand Island. So this one's kind of like just north of Marquette, kind of on your way up to Houghton, not too far out of the city. And it's great, has a pretty good amount of infrastructure. It's touristy. Yeah. Um, not in the sense that that it's like overdone, but there's like established campgrounds with like mm. established uh, cabins like pit there toilets that you can and rent, stuff. and yeah, pit toilets, and you can go there. I always wanted to go there for exploring because there's like really cool. If you've been to uh, uh, National Shoreline, um, pictured rocks, pictured rocks, it's kind of like that in a miniature scale because it's not too mm-hmm. far from there. So like the, some of the island banks have like these really cool rock structures that you can like kayak or paddleboard up to and it looks really yeah. cool. So Grand Island's another cool one. There's so many islands, man. Yeah. So cool. You could spend a lot of time just exploring islands that you can take ferries over to or whatever in Michigan. It's a yeah. pretty incredible thing. Mm-hmm. Um so from there we went up to the UP, crossed the Mackinac Bridge on the motorcycle first thing in the morning. Great. No wind, perfect, nice, pleasant, whatever. As soon as we get into the UP, starts raining gets cold as shit um we go up to the sioux we literally went to the sioux so the sioux saint marie is a think of the panama canal of the north uh that's where all of the shipping uh all the freighters go through so lake superior is about 20 feet higher than lake huron so they go into the locks and either raise or lower depending on which side they're going into and then they go out on their way and they deliver whatever goods they're carrying and that's so the when i say the sioux there's the sioux locks which is in sioux st marie so we go up to the Mm -hmm. sioux because literally the world's best whitefish place is in sioux st marie and my dad really wanted it so we rode up there we were going to stay at brimley state park which is just outside the sioux um the weather was terrible it was not good rainy super cold and we said, screw it. It was nice in the lower peninsula. So we, we rode yeah, back down. Let's go in, down there. Yeah, we'll just go back down there. We rode in the rain, back down to the bridge. Bridge was not fun the second time around. It was about 35 to 40 mile an hour winds crossing the bridge. And let me tell you what, if you've never been on a bridge like the Mackinac Bridge, it's very high. It's about five miles long. And there have been cars blown off of the Mackinac Bridge. And when you're riding across on a motorcycle and high winds, there's not much more in this world for me, at least, that is more butthole puckering than that. And so yeah, our second dude. second traversing of that was not super fun, but we we made it. I've had worse crossings, way worse crossings. Um, and you've crossed that bridge a lot. I, I don't know if I have the balls to cross that bridge on a motorcycle. I don't ride a motorcycle, but riding I have. And just being on one on Flatland is kind of <laughs> crazy enough for me. Yeah. But riding that bridge is—it's the biggest suspension bridge in the world, right? Um, and it has these grates on it as well for the snow oh. time, so the <laughs> snow falls through the grates, so you can drive across the the bridge and not have a bunch of snow and ice on it because you could slide and go off the bridge potentially. If you fall off that bridge, you ain't gonna make it. 
you're, you're dead. It's very high. If <laughs> as a, I'm riding on a motorcycle on the grates, you've said it was like swaying back and forth. And yeah. not only that, you can see through the grates. You look down. You're like, ah, great. You just don't look it's down. Cool. They do a they do a Labor Day bridge walk as well, where they cl- shut the bridge down for a couple hours and people walk across. And my mom does it every year. And I tried to do it with her one year and I couldn't do it. I just I was a big pansy man. I got like vertigo. Oh, I was man. like the bridge is moving. I can feel the bridge yeah. moving, and it was it does. suspension bridge is made to move. It's made to move, and I could feel it. I felt like I could, so I'm like, yeah, I can't do this. Yeah. I've crossed that bridge too many times to go back and forth to school. The worst time was in January mm. of 2020, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna leave after class at like five o'clock. To, from Houghton to Gaylord was about five and a half hours if I'm mm-hmm. going quick. And uh, this particular time, it took like almost seven. And the bridge is like the last like thing to get over. Like I have to drive all the way through the UP, snowing, snowing, snowing. Everything's okay-ish. I go fine. The bridge is the last kind of resort. By the time I get to the bridge, it's like, is it open? Is it not open? There's no one on it. It was open. They let me go. And by the time I got there, it was like 1030 at night or something. And it's snowing so hard that's one lane across. You have to drive on the grates. Terrifying. Snow is piled up. You know, there's the beginning of the bridge where it's flat and snow piles like are mounted on top. <laughs> so you can't even really see the water for the first couple hundred feet. I'm like, great. And then you get to like the clearing where the snow piles kind of clear and it's just like bridge and you and elements and snow is just like whipping yeah. uh, across and like the wind is crazy. It's night. It's beautiful. But I'm like white knuckling that some bitch across that. God, that sounds worse than motorcycle weather or motorcycle riding. It was hard, man. It was hard. I went like 20 miles an hour and I really wanted to do like 50 just yep. to get the fuck across it. And uh, that, that, the, the bridge is awesome, but scary. It's scary. It is an amazing mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful bridge. It's a really beautiful bridge. And it's a yeah. it's a like marvel of modern construction. It was constructed in, uh, I believe, 1954. Um, but we had a crossing in 2020 when we were coming south. And honestly, I've never felt like I was closer to death than that ride. Winds were probably like 50 miles an hour that day. Um, it was so bad. I was literally riding on a diagonal. You'd, so you'd, go, you'd be riding along, sort of bracing against it. And then all of a sudden there'd be a crosswind from the other direction. So you're not leaning into the wind anymore and it's blowing you <laughs> like absolutely yeah. Yeah. Li- like yeah. so terrifying. We, I mean, we've ridden roads in the mountains of Colorado, thousand foot drop offs and uh, sketchy roads. No big deal compared to that. I would do those roads every day of the year compared to doing the Mackinac bridge in that high of wind <laughs> on a motorcycle again. And we all, Got to the other side because my brother was with us, and we basically were like kissing the ground, shaking. I mean, it was serious, yeah. like wild shit, man. I I stayed Everybody behind an RV it. the whole way, and I just stared at its brake light the entire way, like mm-hmm. watched the brake light. Went about, I was going like twenty miles an hour. Stared at the brake light and was just trying to rock with the wind and roll, like just oh my god, it was horrible, dude. Yeah, you you have to like just stare forward. But you know what about the bridge, though? Once there is something about climbing on one side of it, it's like terrifying in those situations. That's the scariest part. We're like, just find something to stare at. Because even yes. in good conditions, yeah. it's, a, it's high. It's really tall. Yeah, you don't understand really unless you're there crossing it, seeing it. 
And uh, it's like people out here in California, you think uh, Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. It's, it's, I've been to the Golden Gate. Beautiful bridge. Great. <laughs> but it's nothing compared to the Mackinac Bridge. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. But going up the Mackinac Bridge is something. And then once you get through that hump and start to come back down, it's it feels like, so right, good. This is like, this is really good now. This yeah. is a good place to be. Yeah. Our crossing. So the morning of our crossing, um, it was Thursday. For, no, it was Friday. It was Friday. We crossed in the morning and it was super calm. So like that was really nice. And you were able to look around and it's beautiful because on one side you have Lake Michigan and the other side you have Lake Huron. And you can look up and look at the, the bridge construction itself. And like I said, the bridge is a beautiful bridge. Um, and when it's nice, you can enjoy that type of thing. But holy shit, man, the weather is very dependent. And you don't understand that as much when you're in a car. But as you said, like even in a vehicle, it's still scary. <laughs> it's still unpleasant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 so it is. I'd hate it's to be driving a big nice. truck with a giant camper and you're like a sail trying to go across yeah. the bridge but uh i mean they they shut it down for trucks and campers that's at i think like 50 miles an hour they shut that down or like you have to drive 20 miles an hour with an escort across yeah. the bridge if you're a truck yeah. or a trailer so like it's serious stuff up there but all right let's continue what what happened after you crossed back down we crossed back over um we stopped at a gas station mostly it was to gather ourselves essentially but the other thing we do on our trips is we get each other presents. And if every, uh, any of you guys have ever seen the show Top Gear, they did a trip in Vietnam where they rode around on scooters and they went from one to the south end of Vietnam to the north end of Vietnam. And they got each other these ridiculous gifts. Like one of the guys got a giant painting and one guy got a giant like boat model. And then one guy got like a marble statue of the Madonna. And you have to strap it onto your motorcycle or whatever and ride with it. So we started doing that and we've had fun gifts. Like I got my dad a pretty good sized Noah's Ark, uh, wooden <laughs> Noah's Ark that he had to carry to Sturgis and back. Um, I've received vinyl records that I had to carry on my motorcycle. Uh, my brother got an eagle statue that he had to carry. So I go into this gas station and it, I was looking for, I was looking for a present and I saw a hockey stick. I was thinking about getting him a hockey stick, and then she appeared in her angelic wonderfulness. It was one of those like cheesy plastic angels that you see like an old woman has a collection of in her house, um, and she has like her hands out, you know, out widespread, and her wings are spread out and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. god, I ha- I have to get it. I'm I'm getting it. So I bought it for him, and I took it out to him and gave it to him and he has to strap it on he put it on the back of his motorcycle so everyone can see it and it <laughs> hilarious and if any of you are curious we're we have we're gonna make a video of this um whole trip we do video check-ins and lots of pictures and we're gonna put it on the weekly warrior podcast youtube um bones doesn't know that yet but it's happening so if you want to see this stuff you can see it and actually understand what i'm talking about but so anyway got him that we carried on from there to Wilderness State Park, which is about 10 minutes outside of Mackinac City. Never, I haven't been to Wilderness as an adult. Beautiful park. Uh, they've modernized it really nicely, but also left it very rustic at the same time, right on Lake Michigan. Um, spent a night there. It was really nice. And then the next day, we traveled along uh, the uh, Tunnel of Trees, which the Tunnel of Trees is a beautiful road in Michigan. It's about 22 miles mm. long. It's essentially a one-lane mm. road um twisty curvy along lake michigan up kind of on the cliffs 
and just beautiful ripping through that. And it, yeah. it is so much fun. Cool. Um, and from there, we went through Petoskey, Shaboy, or uh, Charlevoix, uh, through Traverse City, up onto the Leelanau Peninsula. And like I said, so Northport and uh, Leelanau State Park are on the Leelanau Peninsula. And the Leelanau Peninsula, has, it, it represents a lot of happy things for especially me and Connor. And so as soon as I got onto mm-hmm. the peninsula, I started feeling good and like things are going to be good. And we met up with Connor at a little restaurant and then continued onto our campsite and stayed there for two nights. I already kind of talked about our time in Northport. We explored some local wineries and, and rode some of the roads around there and, and got to know the area even better, which was fun. And then the next day, this was our last day out riding. This was on Monday. We left Leelanau State Park, took M22 down the Lake Michigan coast through Sleeping Bear, Sleeping Bear uh, National Lakeshore and um, experienced one of the most pristine, as this was actually the day before, but the most pristine beaches probably in Michigan, no development, not widely known outside of Wilderness State Park, just crystal clear blue water perfect sand no salt water no sharks no nothing like that and i mean it was literally the picture of perfection for michigan and what michigan represents like you get tim allen in there this is pure michigan (laughs) and uh that's kind of how it felt but riding yeah that's pure michigan we're riding down m22 the next day and just just beautiful i mean like this is literally as good as it gets um crystal lake and glen lake um, it's, a, it's, impo- it's so hard to imagine that these are actual like lakes, inland lakes in Michigan, because it's like transporting yourself to the Caribbean. It's wild. It's so crazy, beautiful. Um, and the fertile mm-hmm. soils, like there's a lot of grapes and apples and pears and, uh, gr- there's a lot of wineries in Northern Michigan like that. Um, and so we traveled down to Manistee. Chris took, yeah, go ahead. Crystal Lake is I haven't been there since I was a kid. You can imagine what it looks like. It's called Crystal Lake. Yeah. If you we've all been to lakes where you're on the lake and you look down and you're like it's just like black. Yeah. It's just like dark, right? Brown. And you're just like, "Oh, that's a look some seaweed maybe." <laughs> Crystal Lake is how deep is like 20, 30 or more feet mm-hmm. and you can see everything on the seafloor, yeah. on the lake floor. And all most of it logs, is sandy. Rocks, yeah. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, and it's crazy because there's no other lake like that in Michigan. Yeah, I swam. We uh, we did a lot of swimming. Like we'd stop somewhere and it'd be like, "This is so beautiful," and it's like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna go for a swim." So I, you know, my underwear look like shorts. I just take my pants off and shirt off, and we go for a swim. And that was the best part. One of the best parts about it is you just go for a swim wherever you want, and you get in that water, man. Yeah. It's so like. It was like 65, 70 degrees, so it's like refreshing, and but not cold enough that you don't want to do it, um, and it's just perfect. You get under the water, you can see it's crystal, just blue, perfect water. It's just like I said, you're in the Caribbean, but without sharks and barracudas and all this. It's literally, yeah. I mean, just so nice, um, and so we traveled down to Manistee and then took M55 back to Cadillac, and that was sort of the end of our adventure, but uh, we spent seven days out on the road, six of them in tents, sleeping on, you know, on off out of the motorcycle and 
There's no better way to travel, in my opinion, because that's as close as you can get to reminiscing about what it was like in the old days when you traveled on a horse. You set up camp every night, you pack up camp every morning, and then you carry on with the next Mm -hmm. destination. That's my favorite part about these trips is every day is a new adventure. Every day is like, okay, what do we, where do we go? What's next? Um, What challenges do we have to overcome today? Because there's always challenges and there's always something that comes up, but it's all part of the adventure. And I guess my take home message from this is I program these moments into my year. Basically, we're going to go on a trip. We're going to do something because these trips for me are so soul filling and contemplative and introspective. And I, it's, t- it's time for me to just be sort of with myself because otherwise I have a, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise. And I don't mind that. I find time to do, to do some of those, uh, to have some contemplation and some introspective moments. But this is pure, like just calm, relaxation, fun, um, spontaneous, just good things. And so my, what I want to encourage for all of you is even if you have a family, whatever, find a way to make these types of things happen. Um, and it's tough, but it's, I think it's truly important to have these times where you get to just have an adventure and have fun and be able to, to just experience, have these experiences um, because you'll remember them forever. And I'm, I'm really glad that I've done this so much with my dad, because these are the types of things that make life worth living and take the time to do it because it's really easy to get stuck in the grind and, um, not take the time to do this. And you got to go to work and got to go to the gym and you got to whatever, but take a week, do this for yourself and you won't regret it. That's great advice. I think early in my career, I, uh, like when I first graduated college, I took work way too seriously and like put off doing things with friends and um, for just like, oh no, I have to excel. I have to like get my career started. I have to do more. I can't miss work. And uh, looking back, like wasn't worth it because I missed probably a lot of cool things with mm-hmm. friends, especially. And uh, yeah, that's great advice, especially with parents. Now that we're like getting older, like it's, I told Jess the other day, just exactly what you said, kind of is she's like, I should plan like a, a girl's trip, like uh, with my sister, my mom, they can come out to California. I'm like, yeah, do it. Like, do it because there's not that like time is going, you know, yeah. you're not There's not going to be unlimited opportunities to do that. Exactly. Because um, yep. every, everybody goes and even when you're around, you know, you can't travel as easier potentially. And so make the time to do those things, especially with parents and yeah, and like that stuff like that. Now, I think it's really cool. That you got to do that with your dad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important too. like when you have kids, some of my fondest memories uh, when I was a child is traveling. And I think that a lot of parents get in the place where it's like we got to stay in our routine and we're going to stay home because home is safe and home is easy because we have our our routine. But I think travel, especially travel like that, even if it's in a car, is so important for to do with children because these life experiences make everything it it helps a kid learn and i know that from my own experience and we moved a lot we traveled a lot we went to a lot of different places and at the time i i hated some of it but as an adult it's made me a lot more adaptable because now i can go to a new place 
and a new job and a new whatever. And I'm, and I can figure it out really quickly because I did a lot of that as a kid and some of it I didn't like, but now I can appreciate the lessons that I've learned, um, and where I'm at now. And so I encourage, like I said, you don't have to do this on a motorcycle. That's just my thing. And it might be your thing too, but get out, plan a trip, go and do it. Because like you said, time is ticking. And I would like to believe that when I'm old and sitting in my lazy boy or whatever, and you know, I can say, I don't have to say, well, I shoveled shit in Louisiana. You know, I went out and like <laughs> lived my life and, and really, and really lived it. And that's, that's what I want my kids to be able to say about me too someday is I, I want to be an example for them of taking advantage of the time that you're given because it's not long. I mean, we're 30 now and we never thought we'd be 30. <laughs> and anyone well, who's... to be fair, it is, life is, the lo- life is the longest thing we'll ever do, right? I like that yeah. sentiment. It's like that's life good. is yeah, the I longest like thing we'll ever do, but it, it does. It gets easy to get distracted and just get in a routine and just then the years go by. Yeah. 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 I will say too, what you said about it being, it being important for kids to travel. Uh, we did a, like, I don't know, maybe when I was really little, we did an okay amount of traveling. And then once I got middle school, especially high school, I don't think we went on any family trips, maybe like, um, towards the end of high school, beginning of college, we went to, um, we rented a cabin for like three summers in a row or something. But I will notice about this myself as an adult. When I travel somewhere, I get like I get more anxious and I get mm. more irritable because I don't know what's coming. It's unexpected. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that causes me to be like a little bit on edge. And it's it's worse or less sometimes. And that's why I love I am more comfortable going to places I've already been. So we'll go back to Paso Robles like four times, five times, you know, mm. and do the same things because there's comfort and routine. And I think having kids travel and getting them what you said able to adapt to new places and be like this is okay is so important not just for the reason of enjoying vacation but i mean that is applicable to all sorts of life too because you don't have to travel you could just have an off day or have to like get sidetracked go on your way to work or something and you can adapt easier so i think that that's a such a great point and then also there's going into a detail about traveling and experiencing new things as an adult there's several there was an article I read. There were several ways or means to like ward off dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. And some of them go down to like genes. Um, but one of them was travel and experiencing new places in that your mind has to constantly adapt and work and form new memories and new synapses when you're going to new places and figuring out new things that aren't planned. Like you guys didn't plan a damn thing. It was just like, let's go and see where we end up. And that's really important to keep things fresh and new, your brain working, solving problems. Yeah, which is I know that sounds like a boring like like way of explaining a road trip, but it's but not it's sexy. True. But it's it's I thought it was really interesting, and uh, you know that all those things are really good for more reasons than we think of just having fun. Well, in those trips too, like we can vouch for this. We had a trip on Route sixty six on spring break in twenty fourteen, and I think these trips are so they bring you together with whoever you're, you're doing it with. And they're very connective in that way. And I think that like for us, that was like where our, I mean, we were already good friends at that point, but I think that's where like our friendship took a step to the next level because you went on this, 
like you said, you don't you like having control and you didn't really have a whole lot of control on that trip. You just got in the car and we went. And yeah. that was still one of the best trips that I've had. I mean, that was so much fun going across the country with with old Ed and uh like just doing, doing whatever came up and like we yeah. it was it was awesome and we had some super cool experiences that none of us will forget. And that's the whole idea behind it. Like you said, building those new connections and those synapses and stuff. Um, it, that's a perfect example of it. I still remember that. I mean, it's that trip is so vivid even to this day. Yeah. It was, it's such a great memory that I have that like, yeah, it was the first time we really hung out with your parents, met your parents and mm. the motel and all those new experiences, the blue hole, the, the blue, blue hole, whale, fucking <laughs> me, me trying to eat a cinnamon thing with powdered sugar and sucking in all the powdered sugar and making an ass of myself. And that little kid laughing at me in the corner. Yeah. They're eating all corn dogs. <laughs> eating corn dogs, getting waking up at like two or three with the worst heartburn I have ever yeah. had. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Is the corn dogs. We had like, yeah, mooing at cows and stuff. I think, yeah, (laughs) mooing at cows. Moo! Yeah. Yeah, Man, that that blue hole moment for you was a pretty, that was, I still, I remember that. Like, you wouldn't jump in the blue hole. And all I had to say was (laughs) for Frodo. And you you were like, boom, just like that. To be be fair, I was ready. I was ready to go. I don't know what, it was just like, whatever it was. Blue Hole, all right, not, not too much more context of things, but Blue Hole, random lake thing. It's an underground river system, 100 feet deep. Think, all right, thank you. Yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. So there's these cliffs, and then there's like trees covering it, and you can jump off the cliff, maybe what, 20 feet high? Yeah, maybe 15, 20 feet, yeah. 20, 15, somewhere in there, I don't know. It's high enough. And then, like, when you're looking at the blue hole, though, it's just, like, endless pit. Like, a snake yeah, just, like, started eating into the ground, and it's water. So, it's pretty intimidating, and it took a me A consistent about- 66 degrees year-round. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So. Super cool spot, yeah. It was a cool time. Anyway, any last thoughts? No, man. It was, uh, I'm glad that I got to have this reflection period. Um, and like I said, if you're interested, we'll, we'll be posting a video on the YouTube about this trip. and. Um, just get out and live life. Yeah. Excellent. All right. We'll be back next week for John. <laughs>